0: Isn't that so motivating? <laughs> I do not know. That, uh, that's a question that we ask a lot. Uh, we set goals, especially in the new year. When I started this series a month ago, it's really looking at the right goals to set so you can experience real growth this next year. And if you've set any New Year's resolutions related to your health, your finances, relationships, the good news is it's been a month. We've already blown them all. Okay. So today is like a fresh start. We're going to close the series and begin again the same time. Uh, I want to just recap what we've talked about this series. And so you'll know where we've been and and where we're headed. Uh, The first week talked about the importance of realigning ourselves with God and how that happens as we depend on him and as we discipline ourselves. Uh, Then uh, Randy, the next week talked about renew. Uh, We had our membership celebration and renewing the commitments that are important to God. And then We talked about regroup, the importance of moving from isolation, from trying to do life by ourselves, on our own, to connecting with a group of people that can encourage us and we can encourage them. And then last week we talked about retool, the importance of using our resources and everything that we've been given uh, really for for God's purposes, as well as to experience really the right order of things in our own life and, and blessing that flows from that. Today we're going to talk about, okay, all that we've discussed all that we're thinking about, how do we focus? How do we refocus on the right things? Um, have you ever seen one of those 3D picture posters? You know, and you're supposed to like stare at it and they give you like descriptions like watch it, but don't watch it. So it's blurry. And then all of a sudden, like this waterfall with a pterodactyl is supposed to come. You guys want to talk about it. And then there's always the person that's looking at it. It's like, I can't see it. And it's like, you're frustrated. Turn the lights off. Nope. still Okay. Turn it on. Nope. And y- y- you get frustrated. You know what I'm talking about? Or it's one of those pictures where you're supposed to stare at one color for a long time and then you look and there's supposed to be like this awesome picture. I try to think of an artist and I just went blank. I was like, I can't think of any artists. Membrant? Is that an artist? Oh, that was terrible. Always have the artist in mind before you... Membrant. That was... In England, like I talked about, <laughs> Rembrandt is Membrandt. But, um, you know, you look at this one color all the time and then you look and it's like supposed to be this canvas. And, you know, what you focus on creates this picture. Right. And there's all sorts of tools. You can see these on the Internet. You can see them in stores and people pay money for this. It's like this cool thing. But it's true in life. What you focus on creates a picture. What you focus on creates the picture of your life. And this series has been talking about How to focus on the right things so the picture matches up with really what you want. But more importantly than that, matches up with really what God wants for your life. And so today is the idea of let's refocus on the things that are really important. Let's refocus on the things that will make sure our life is aligned with the picture that God has for us. So no matter where you are in your relationship with God, whether you're frustrated because you think you should be further along than you are, Or you're tired and weary because it seems like you keep plugging, trying to do the same things for a different output, and the same thing happens. No matter where you are, this message looks at how do we take a step back, look at what the picture is supposed to be, so that we can refocus on that. So if you've got your outline, follow along. I'm going to be kind of running through some things that kind of get back to what are the the key things to living this life God's way. I just to give you a backdrop before I get rolling, and that is really what is God up to? And how is what he's up to bring encouragement to us? There's a part of us that we focus on self-effort. And we hit this wall again and again where we try to do things our own way. And it leads to frustration. It leads to weariness. When you look in the scriptures, you see that God has not left us alone to try to figure out life by ourselves. Instead, God has given us life in order that we may reconnect with him to do life his way. And so God is working behind the scenes. He's in control of the world. It's easy to say that. God's in control. God's in control. But when it comes to life and what we're supposed to be living toward, it's crucial to know that God is working behind the scenes. He knows what's going on. He's not absent. So no matter where you are, know that God is active and that He is the one that brings about the purposes important to Him. He uses us, the people that follow him, the people that have decided to live for him. But ultimately, he brings about his own purposes. What a relief. Because if it is just solely on me through self-effort, through my own strength, we're going to fail. So God is at work. He's in control. Because that's the case, he wants us to aggressively live life after the things that are important to him. today's world, that means it, he wants us to get after it, get after the right things. And he wants us to do that in the context of a team. Again, in regroup, we talked about that tendency to be isolated, to kind of draw back. But to really accomplish the mission and a refocus, we do it together in the context of one another as a team. So we're going to look at what is the team supposed to do. The first thing is God wants you to participate in the ministry together. This is one of our high values at Church in the Valley. In fact, it's one of our hard attitudes participate in the ministry. That means you are going to be connected to a group of people and contributing using the gifts God has given you once you've decided to follow him. First Peter 410, as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very varied grace. The idea of steward, you're being a manager And this verse is basically saying, uh, to serve, you're you're taking care of. So you manage God's grace. You manage the grace that he wants to give to his people. You manage that grace by using the gifts that he's given you to take care of one another. When you commit your life to Christ, if you've done that or if you haven't, a key part to committing your life to Christ is you, you receive gifts that God gives you. We call these spiritual gifts. And discovering these gifts, once you commit your life to Christ, are crucial. These gifts don't come from your parents. They don't come from your training. They come from God Himself to be used in the church. What that means is God has a specific place and a specific role for you to play. This role can accomplish itself in your family life, based on how He's wired you and gifted you, at work, but specifically in the church, God wants you to move away from doing things your own way for yourself to actually participating with a group of people. Um, Matthew 20 says this. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise, exercise authority over them. Key phrase right now. Not so with you. He's talking to his disciples. These are the people that Jesus is training up for the advancement of of the church. And he says that key phrase, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. This is the idea of there's a different flavor. When we commit to the things that are important to God, there's a different flavor on how we operate ourselves, how we view ourselves. That brings up another value That's high among us. And that's putting the goals and interests of others above our own. Easy to say. Difficult to live. It's very easy to say, but it's very difficult to live. But the idea is, as I'm serving, as I'm putting others' interests above my own, as I'm looking for a place where I can help other people, I find my place. The tendency is we want to look to how we can get what we want out of every relationship. That's how we're wired, that's sin that's in all of us. How do we get what we want? And this picture that the scriptures is saying is there's a different flavor. It's kind of like this. Like if you had a group project at work and you ha- or you had a group project at school and the instructor or your boss says, okay, this is a group project. Everyone is going to get the grade based on what the, the group does. And if depending on how you're wired, this is either the greatest thing or the worst. If you're one of those persons that's after every, you are on top of priorities, you're like, I hope everyone is thinking the same thing I am. You guys been there? And then if you're the person that's like, you know, you'll get to it, but it's like the morning of it's due, you're thinking, I hope there's people that know what they're doing. But this idea of not serving, wanting to participate, but not serving is, is like you come to the group project and you're like, all right, guys, glad you're my group. You guys do what you got to do and I'll see you when the assignments due, and you don't do anything. What would you do if you were that group member? Right? You're you're giving out grace. That guy gets an F. Hasn't showed up. That's sometimes how it is. We think that all this stuff's going on that someone else is doing it. Someone should do it. But What God is saying is, you serve. You set the pace in helping wherever you can. That's the flavor of this. Uh, Galatians 5 gives another taste. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, Jesus modeled that. He came to lay his life down. He came to serve. And that's a key thing that we have to focus on as a church to accomplish the mission of God. So the second thing is share the good news about Jesus Christ. He wants us to participate through connecting and contributing. The second thing is to share the good news about Jesus Christ. At CIV, this is the centerpiece of our church. This is the center of the map and everything navigates towards it. Because in the scriptures you look and Jesus said his mission was to seek and save the lost those people that don't know him. So his command to all of us is to do the same thing, to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Acts twenty twenty four says this. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is Paul. We've talked about him in, throughout this series. He's the man that was a key church starter in the first century, key to really the expansion and growth of the Christian church, of the Christian movement. And right here in this verse, he's giving this is my life mission statement. This is what my life is all about. The opportunity of the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Mark 16, gave the, uh, Jesus gave the same charge. He said, and he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Gospel there means good news. And oftentimes, we think of good news and it doesn't translate in how we share about the difference God has made in our life. We think People don't want to hear about that, but it's good news. It's something that we should be excited about. Something that makes a difference in our life. It can make a difference in others' life. This is the idea of the attitude that we have. It's good news. Um, so it says... Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And so you see the cost, the importance, to seek and save which is lost, to model like Jesus modeled. It's because people are condemned, but through the good news of the grace of Jesus Christ, they can be saved. I don't know about you, but when I live my life, oftentimes I'm thinking about what I need to do, what my agenda is for the day, all the things that are important to me, what the scriptures are saying, in the midst of all that, what you have to focus on is what is vital to people's lives, and that's the fact that if they don't know him, God wants them to enter into a relationship with him. It's of utmost importance, something that we should set our lives to, sharing that good news. 1 Peter three fifteen, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The idea here is always be prepared to share with someone about the difference God has made in your life. In churchy terms, we call this like a testimony, which is know how to testify or be a witness to what God has done. Like in a court case, if you're on trial and you're a witness, you're, you're testifying to what you've seen or what you've heard. The same is true in the Christian life. How can I share with someone about what I've seen and heard, about the difference that God has made? And all those verses I've read were telling others. You tell others about that difference that God has made through Jesus Christ. Another way is you, you can bring others. That's another way to be a witness. You bring others. You bring others around church so they can see more people, that lives have been changed. And they see that this is consistent. This is a difference that God is making in multiple people. And you can show others through the way that you serve, through the way that you uh, speak, your attitude, the way you live your life is a testimony as well. So you can tell, you can bring, and you can share. All those line up with the importance of what we focus on to expand the kingdom of God. That's what's crucial to his heart. But this takes a couple things. Uh, like I said, I know for me when I wake up, a lot of times I'm not thinking, okay, God, help me to serve and help me to share. I'm thinking, what can I get? Help me to wake up. Help me to do all I need to do. You guys understand that? You guys agree? It's hard. But there's a couple things that we can do on a daily basis that can really help us. Straight from the scriptures. What this takes to really get after this, to serve and to share, first thing it takes is dependence on God. John fifteen, this is Jesus speaking again. This is kind of towards the end of his life, before he was going to be crucified, and he gives a picture of how we're supposed to live. He says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. A couple years ago, I uh, bought a house and I experienced what many people have experienced and that's yard work. I can't stand yard work because one thing I'm good at growing are weeds. I mean, I can, I can get after weed growing. And what it is is the roots, there's a ton of roots in my backyard. I have this back kind of raised area that's just empty land. And there's a part of me that's like, if that could just stay empty, I could grow some things on there. But every morning I look out there and I see new weeds cropping up the weeds are doing what they're supposed to do. There's a a seed. There's a root. And that root is a weed and it grows to become a weed. And I try to justify, you know, like if I trim it, it looks pretty. Or it's always cool when you have those weeds that have flowers. You're like, that's a flower. You know? And then like the wind blows and you're like, oh, that looks terrible. The thorns come up. The same is here. What we're rooted in determines the fruit. What we give our time to... Determines the outcome of our life. And this dependence on God is you you have to choose the right thing. Choose to depend on Him. And you begin to chop down those weeds. Not just cutting them off with a weed whacker. But you pull out those roots. And replace them with the, the things that are pleasing to God. That's what dependence looks like. And this is a battle. Uh, if you've experienced discouragement, weariness, pride, the things that you just, God, I, I don't know how to do this your way. A lot of times, take that, those experiences, those emotions, the frustrations, and look back. at Am I depending on God? On a daily basis, am I depending on Him? Am I praying just, God, help me today. Help me to, to see people as you see people. Help me to do the things that are pleasing to you, not just my own to-do list. So if those things are cropping up, these weeds of just discouragement, frustration, look at your dependency on on Him. And then the the second is mission thinking. To really focus on the right things, we have to have mission thinking. This mission thinking could also be known as un-American thinking. Because as Americans, we're not thinking about The mission, what we can do to a lot of times change the world. We're kind of thinking like, how can I grow my bank account? How can I get really what I want? But kingdom thinking is you you, you think about the mission and you line everything up in line with that. So I'm going to go through uh, a few things of what this looks like. Again, Paul describes this idea of thinking differently. Not for yourself, but for the mission. He says this. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That word set there, to set your your heart and to set your mind. That means to to seek or to strive for earnestly. It means in the battle when you're thinking about just what you can see and understand, and all you see is here, and it doesn't make sense, you're battling through to see God's way on things. You're battling through to try to get His perspective of the situation, the trouble, the relationship, whatever you're experiencing. How do I seek the way God sees it? And you use every effort in you to do this. It begins with your heart, and it begins with your mind. and You set it on the things that are important to God. Uh, This really is speaking of a shift in our thinking that really comes from a different perspective. So I just want to go through these. What I encourage you to do is I go through some different ways that you can think differently and you can act differently. Put a star by the one that applies to you. Put a star by the one. You you know, I really tend to think the opposite of this. But let's go through that. The first is we need to shift from self-centeredness to God-centeredness. Again, how does God see this person? How does God see this situation? How does God want me to use my resources, my energy, my time? You begin to ask those questions. And if you don't know the answers, you begin to get help from people that have lived a life of asking those questions, that they live a godly-centered life. and So they can begin to help you. The second is from, from temporal values to eternal values. God tells time very differently. God sees opportunities. We see the clock. I've been in Texas this past week, and I went by the church office before I came, and my watch is still two hours ahead. And I freaked out for about two minutes because I looked at my clock about 9 o'clock, and it was 11 o'clock on my watch, and I literally had a... How did I miss the first service? (laughs) Seriously. This clock, like, this is time. How How did I miss that? Well, I guess I got one. Make it count. I mean, I literally... Eleven o'clock. Oh, it's like one of those bad dreams. Oh my goodness, I slept through a whole service. What am I doing? This is everything. Time is. What time is it right now? God, He doesn't see it temporally, based on what my watch says. But what, what is going on? What is He doing? And we, it's a challenge to think like that, from security to service. Again, the flavor is serving. Putting others above your own, that doesn't make sense to us. That's a shift to mission thinking. Security. Oh, man, if I can just hold on to everything I've been given, I have control. And control feels a lot better. Because if I let go, what's going to happen to me? You guys face that? Am I the only one? No, we all deal with that. Just like I talked to last talked about last week. It's like that that fist that we have on our stuff. we've clenched really hard. God, this is mine. This relationship is mine. This money is mine. My time is mine. But what you start to realize is as you think about the mission, about what's important to God, your fist begins to unclench. And you realize that, God, here is my open hand before you. It's an important shift to make, especially as we want security and we want control. Surrender that to God. And then last, from comfort to sacrifice. This is one of those things that when you share about the difference God has made in your life, and you can give examples of how God's taking care of you in the midst of this, that's where God works. Because if you were to go to somebody and like, I want you to have a relationship with God because He makes a difference because you You're not going to have control anymore. You're not going to have comfort. You're not going to have security. It's going to be great. They're like, you know, that's good. No thanks. So it's counterintuitive. But what people see as you share the grace of God is despite the things that you think you give up and you're going to miss out on, God actually blesses. And that's the flavor of the kingdom of God. It's different. It doesn't almost make sense. But you see God come through again and again and again. That's the things that you testify about. Isn't this just such different thinking? Now, you guys have heard a lot of driving stories from me, and I I have another one. And each one I realize, like, if I keep sharing these, there's going to be, like, no one parking near me, no one driving near me. I'm not the greatest driver. I'm just going to throw it out. I, I thought I used to be a good driver through the years. It's like I'm just, I don't get better. I get worse. Okay, so if you see my car coming, I won't be offended if you speed off in the other direction. But there was one time in my life where I got off onto an on-ramp, onto the freeway. And as I got off to get on this on-ramp, I realized very quickly that it was an off-ramp. That's what I thought. Have you ever gotten on an off-ramp thinking it's the on-ramp? You haven't lived until you've tried it. Most people actually don't live if they try it. But what's funny is, I, I'll just paint this picture even further. I was newly on staff here at Church in the Valley, and I'm driving, Randy, my boss, and Josh, who was on staff. And you're already a little nervous. You know, you're like, I've got to make sure you go to the right speed. And you all traffic laws. You know, this may be like part of my job approval list, you know. And all of a sudden, I get, and I'm going on the, the off-ramp the wrong way, and I hear Josh wrong way, Randy, oh, and I'm just, this is radical, you know, and, and then, it, you know, all of us, are, ah! you see your life flash before you, and I'm thinking, why am I driving, this is so embarrassing, yeah. and then, literally, a semi-truck is coming down, and so it's like, three-point turn, you know, my little Toyota Camry, you know, put the turbo, there's no turbo, okay, step on it, you know, and, and then I, I got off in the right direction, and that, that, that really is the same picture. To me, it made complete sense, my thinking. This is how it is with God. When when you commit your life to Christ and you you start to think about the mission first, you realize really for the first time that you've almost been going the wrong way. What you thought was the on-ramp is the off-ramp. You have to change your direction. And as you do that, and you center your life around the things, and you focus on the right things, your life makes a huge difference. You experience blessing that you would not have. And you experience God like you would not have if you did it just what makes sense to you in your own way. That's the picture. So I encourage you. Look at one of these areas. Pick something that, you know, I need to, I need to work on that, or I need to change my thinking. Get help from somebody who knows God. He's walked with him a long time and and ask, how do you think differently? God wants to to enter the situation where you are and change you from the inside out. So I'm going to go through some next steps that each of you can take, or if you have another one that you want to apply as the band comes up, just want to walk through these. And I encourage you guys to commit to these goals, to focus on the right things. The first is uh, memorize Acts twenty twenty four. This could be maybe a part of what your mission statement wants to be for your own life. It says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Uh, second, you want to find a place to serve within CIV, to get a taste of what the flavor is, what it means to participate, let us know. And then there's a few other things that Randy mentioned on, his, um, on the announcements There's one other thing that you can add. Think through someone in your life that you might be able to tell about the difference God has made in your life. You may be able to bring them to church or you may have an opportunity to show them by serving. Pray for a person, or if you have a person, pray for an opportunity. I encourage you to do that. Let's pray together. God, we welcome you here and we do know that you're in control and you accomplish your mission you have everything in your hand nothing is missed by you you see everything nothing is hidden you have all the facts all the time and we trust you knowing that sometimes what we see is not accurate or what we understand may not be all that's going on so god we we surrender to you knowing that your way is better than our own And God, I pray if there's any thinking that is self-centered or focused on ourselves, that you will show us, help us to identify that. And God, I pray even for someone who may not have crossed that line, that doesn't know if they're ready to commit their lives to you or not sure what that looks like, I pray that you will continue to draw them to yourself. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.